Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. And now that heart is beating fast And that's the rhythm I can dance to I'm mighty glad I've got a chance to That one big heart that's beating fast Tomorrow morning let it rain Tomorrow morning let it pour Tonight we're in the groove together Ain't gonna worry about stormy weather. Gonna kick all trouble out the door. Beat out old trouble on the drum. Beat out old trouble on the drum. Beat out old trouble on the drum. And kick all trouble out the door. Beat me that rhythm on the drum. Radical Australia, yes, we've been kicked out the door and young Jane from the front desk has been called in to save our bacon. Well, actually my bacon. Uh, Dale's not well today, so she can't come in. So Jane's come in and she's going to set us up and then leave us in a locked studio with the guest. And I am quite concerned. Now, this is Radical Australia Community Radio 3CR. My name is Joseph Toscano. I'm hosting today's program. There'll be no music. That's right. We've had enough music from the previous program. and just go on and on with the music. So, Kaylin Thompson, how yes. art thou? I'm good. How are you, Joe? I was well, and now I'm perfect. <laughs> I mean, fancy that. Been locked in the room with you for an there you hour. Go. I mean, you know, and Jane's going to leave us in a minute. Yeah. But, but, she's, but she's actually controlling. Ah. She's going to listen. And if anything goes astray... Then we're in like trouble. A, if the chairs break or you know, <laughs> we start throwing things at each other, she may come in yeah. and uh, separate us because that's the way these interviews go. You know, they're very violent affairs. Oh, really? Oh, verbally. Oh, oh okay. yeah. We just we're just probing. You know, we make John Laws and the other character Jones, whatever his name is, look like amateurs oh, here on this program. There you go. Fantastic. Now, Karen, I'm a bit confused. C A I L I N. That's correct. What? What were your parents thinking of when they it's, named you? It's actually Irish. Irish. Yeah. Really? That's the spelling of Colleen. Colleen. Yeah, but people pronounce it Kaylin because that's easier. So So I should call you Colleen. No, everyone calls me Kaylin. It's always been Kaylin, so that's fine. But, but you told me it's Colleen. Well, it's the spelling. <laughs> it's the spelling. It's just a bit confusing. <laughs> it's a bit confusing. <laughs> yeah. Now, we only asked two questions. Yes. And uh, they're very simple. The first one, to, we just want to orientate our listeners mm-hmm. because... We just like to know what period they were born in, because it tends mm-hmm. to, you know, mould them. So, what yeah. year were you born in? 1980. Oh, another child to interview. <laughs> another child. I tell you, I don't feel like a child anymore. Well, I wish Kayla, I did. Compared to me, yes, you have at least three decades <laughs> to look forward to. Oh, there you well, go. Well, no, if you're born in 1980, you've got at least five decades to look forward to. I hope at so. Least. Yeah, I you hope should, so. You should get your mid- 
You should get to your mid-90s. Yeah. You know that. Well, that'd be good. Yeah. Well, if I get to 70, I'll be lucky. <laughs> Considering the standard of these interviews, I've got a lot of people putting contracts out on me after oh. the interview. Yeah. Do you know any no. strange people? No. So I'm so safe. You're safe, yeah. Okay. No, I don't know any hit men, sorry. Yeah. How about hit women? No, hit women either. No. no. All right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> See, that, that's, that's gender specific. Oh, I know. No, that man, wasn't. Yeah, know. no. Should that just was be a killer. Hit person. Hit person. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> All right. What's the first thing you remember about being on planet Earth? Um, I was about three, mm. and I used to catch bees. Yes, with I used my to do fingers. That. With your fingers, mm-hmm. you were pretty fast. And and then I got stung, and I never did that again. You were catching bees with your fingers. Mm-hmm. And what did you do with the bees once you caught them? I would just look at them and then let them go. So. Mm. Observe, observe, observe. So you must have been in some type of garden, were you? No, I just played outside a lot. I mean, it was the 80s, so, you know, we didn't keep our children inside. We left them outside to do what they want, so even at three. Even at three. That's right. Yeah. You weren't going to music lessons, uh, computer programming lessons, uh, sport, little athletics. No, I don't think I did one (laughs) after-school curriculum thing yet. My children have done heaps yet. I I don't think I ever did any, so. All right, okay. All right, all right. Mm. 1983, mm-hmm. bees. Where were you born? Uh, in Hunter Valley. You're not from New South Wales, are you? Well, I don't like to tell people that. But well, I wouldn't. You live yeah. in Melbourne. I know. You know well, this know. is my home, so. Yeah. Look, can I... Can I've denounced the... Look, uh, <laughs> you know that the stain will be upon you forever. Well, I've tried to wash it off as much as I can, but, yeah, you know. Yeah. Have you ever looked at your Medicare card? No. It, does the... Well, I have, but yeah, not in detail. A, well, have a look at it closely. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, remember the old the colonial stain. If you were descendant from convicts, you had this stain, mm-hmm. which you just couldn't wash out. You yeah. know, in polite society. Well, it's the same if you're from New South Wales and you move to Victoria. If you've got a Medicare card, because if your Medicare card starts with the number two, ah. that means you're from New South Wales and forever. You will carry that stain. Ah, there you go. I did not know that. Well, it depends when you got your Medicare card and where your parents were living. Well, I wasn't living in New South Wales when I got my Medicare card. Well, you're safe. You, you shouldn't have told us. <laughs> Hunter Valley. So, what? Are your parents still alive? Yes. All right. So we can't say rude things about them. No. No, they're still alive. Are you still in the Hunter Valley? I don't know. I I'm haven't not sure. had any contact. Contact. With well, that's fine. Yeah. All right. Um, what did they do for work? Um, my father did everything. Everything. All jobs, sorts of different anything. jobs. Everything and anything. Right. Yeah. And your mum, was she mainly at home? Yeah, or? she was home. Yeah. Yeah. And you got any brothers and sisters? No, and I'm grateful for that. You're grateful. Yeah. You've got no brothers and sisters. <laughs> well, you save on Christmas presents That's and birthday That's presents. That's right, you know, exactly. Very grateful. I can feel a bit of uh, tension here, uh, Caitlin. Yeah. All right. And uh, did you go to school in the Hunter Valley? No, I didn't. I went to school lots of places. I've we travelled a lot as a kid, so I was all over, all, all over right. the place. So, so your dad was basically doing handyman work and picking fruit, that type of stuff. Oh no, uh. different types. Like started off with different types of jobs, and then ended up in the defence force. So then in we the moved a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh. So. It's an interesting thing. We had somebody here 
last week or the week know. before was in the defence force. Seems to be a common I know, it's story. Like a common it's a friend theme, of yours, yeah. I know. No, no, you didn't know that, did you? <laughs> no, I didn't know that. Amount, amount of things. <laughs> and, and, and can you tell us what he did in the defence forces? Um, communications. Right. So, so what was? How difficult is it for a young person to be moving from school to school to school? I would say very difficult. Well, it depends on the area. Mm. Um, I think I became very resilient as mm. by doing that, but yeah, there were times where it was very difficult. So you realise you're an eighties child. You yeah. just used the word resilient. <laughs> the word of the year. I know. Everybody, oh, I'm resilient. We've got, we've got to build resilience. <laughs> resilience. What's wrong with being a helicopter parent, eh? Yeah. Well. Hmm. No, nah, not in your case. There were no, no helicopters no. taking you out of there. Uh, no, we kind of like did our own thing from very early on. So you did your own thing, yeah. what from three? Well, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I can remember being seven and mm-hmm. climbing into old school buildings in in Victoria. Actually, yeah. was, um, after they've all been closed down, and mm. can't imagine letting my kids do anything like that. Well, you must thank Mr. Kennett. Yes, that's right. I he mean, was a playground. That's so. right. He made you a playground yeah, for yourselves. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. where did you go to primary school? Um, different parts of western suburbs in New South Wales, mm-hmm. um, Laverton. Here in here. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, most of the postal cities, that kind of thing. Perth mm. a bit. Yeah, going back to Laverton, what was, have you got any memories about that stand out regarding primary school in Laverton, um, Perth, western suburbs? Did you, did you have an easy time as a student? Or? Um, mostly, except mm-hmm. I found the education... I learnt very early on how much it's very different state to state. Mm. Um, when I was in New South Wales, um, I started quite young, so I was four mm-hmm. when I started school. And then in Western Australia it was the same, but then when we came to Victoria, they were age-based and they were not going to budge. Right. And they put me back a year. Mm-hmm. Which is the best thing that happened to you? Well, no, because then when I moved back to New South Wales, they went, that's ridiculous, we don't like that, we're going to put you forward a year, so I never did year one. <laughs> so I did kindergarten twice, and or year one, no, year, yeah, no, I did, did, never did year two, I did year one twice and then went to year three, so... Right. There's logic in that. There is logic. Somewhere. So, so you're a victim, basically. <laughs> yeah, I'm a victim. Of the, of the schooling <laughs> yeah. system. Where they all can't, you know, they think that their way yeah. is the best way and they won't yeah. get along. You so. realise they resolve that problem at Federation with the railway lines, but not with education, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's only people that don't matter. That's right. So what, what was it like trying to make new friends all the time in primary um, school? I had some difficulties in some schools, like some, I found interestingly, the older the school, the easier it was. Mm-hmm. The schools that were newer, um, in newer areas, it was a little bit harder. Mm. Um, yeah, it's interesting, like um, I talk to my kids now and they don't experience any of the type of, I don't know, well, I wouldn't call it bullying, it was just the way that it was then. Yeah. But that sort of stuff was very different. Mm. Um, new kids tend to be more celebrated now than I guess they were when yeah. I was younger. A bit yeah. more exotic than yeah. just a nuisance. Yeah. <laughs> An interruption or a threat. Or yeah. a threat or interruption. <laughs> yeah. Now, you raised this issue of you starting school at four a number of times, mm. and you said you've got children. How many children do you have? I have two. And what ages are they? Twelve and nearly seventeen. All right. Would you have started your kids at, as a four-year-old? Would you have sent them to school? I did. You did? So you never learned. No, well, he's... Do you think it's good? He was fine. Yeah. Um, his 
even now he's coping fine with the curriculum and mm. socially I'd say he's doing really well, but I think that's to do with the fact that he's got a really good older sister. So mm. I don't know that I'd do it with my first child, but I think it's case by case. case. I think, yeah. yeah so I think. do you think, does it make a difference? Because a lot of people debate this who've got children, whether they should start them at um, four or five. Or I don't think it's made any difference on him. I think mm. he's perfectly mm. capable of keeping uh, up with everyone else, if anything, is mm. helping others. So, mm. yeah, I think it just depends. And it's a social thing, I think, more... Then, or a maturity thing. I think that's more an emotional maturity thing that you have to be aware of. I mean, if they can do flashcards with two-year-olds, it's not the academics we've got to worry about. It's whether they're Mm. equipped emotionally to handle Mm. the things that they Mm. go through with school. So when um, you went to school, Mm. do you think you were emotionally ready for it? Um, at the time, I was fairly normal. So there you was, were normal then. Yeah, oh, that yeah. was. Lo- yeah. Well, you're telling me now you're <laughs> not abnormal. Now. Yeah, and, 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 and I'm locked up yeah, in this room right. for you for an hour. And you're <laughs> abnormal. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Sorry, I forgot to mention that before. <laughs> right. But yeah, no, I think I was. That was normal. Like I know a lot of people mm. who mm. went to school mm. in that time, anywhere from the mid 70s to the mid 80s, and yeah. you know, start turning five rather yeah. than turning six, which is the norm now. Yeah. Well, the reason I'm asking is that I forgot. You know, I've been a parent so long ago it happened, but uh, now that I've got grandkids, you know, one's turning four, there's this debate, and I'm thinking, what's all this about? And you've raised it, it was quite yeah. interesting that you actually spontaneously raised it. There you it. go. Yeah, all right. So you didn't belong to the type of family where you'd go home and they'd read books to you and all that type of stuff? No. Oh, no, but we were very, um, uh, I don't know, my father was very academic, but... Mm. But we weren't like sitting down reading no. that kind of thing, yeah. No. All right. So what you have to entertain yourself. Yeah, you know? very much so. And how did you entertain yourself as when you were a um, young primary school student? Uh, Apart from killing bees. I got into computers quite young. Computers. Yeah. Oh, what in the late eighties when they started? Mm. Oh. Yeah. So. What? How old were you? I think I was seven, the first computer I got. Right. Yeah. What, one of those big bulky boxes things? No, was it, it was no? a Commodore VIC-20. It plugged into the television. Wow. Yeah. What did you do? It? Well, that's a good way of keeping you out of your that's parents' right. <laughs> what, what type of things were you doing on the computer um, at that age? Well, those computers you had to, like, program yourself. So oh, you had right. to sit there for, like, three hours and type out something, and then maybe you could play Pong if you are lucky. If you're <laughs> <All right. laughs> so, yeah. So you weren't kind of surfing the net and going no, to all these no. unacceptable or no, difficult No, I don't think that even existed then. No, I don't think so. No. Well, we didn't know anything. Didn't know about the dark web or anything like no, that. No, that's no. right. right. <laughs> okay. So did you... Do you have any other interests? Um, I rode my bike a lot. So what I would, bike? Um, just the bike that I had as a bicycle, I would... What time? Did you have a Mulvan Star? N- no, it was red, but it wasn't as cool as a Mulvan Star. Did it have one of those girly seats, or was it a... No, I had a normal seat. A normal seat. But I did put uh, playing cards in it to make it sound like a motorbike. I remember doing that at one point. You put playing cards. Yeah. So how, it, do you, how do you? How do you? What? It had, um, you put the playing cards in, and it flicks against the spokes, and it makes it sound. Where, where do you put the playing cards in? I can't remember. It was like just right up the top. Right. And you'd make but it flick. Then, but then you'd lose the playing cards. Yeah. Would you? It wouldn't last very long, but no. it worked. Yeah. Worked. Momentarily. What? Yeah. what? People would turn around. They see the seven-year-old <laughs> on a motorbike, would that's they? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, that is quite fascinating. <laughs> a seven-year-old on a that's motorbike. That's right. Exactly. I like it. I like yeah. it. Anything else did you do? Did you did you organise sports or your parents weren't that tired? Um, no, weren't weren't really into sports. Mm. Um, mm. 
What other things did I do? We, didn't, we just used mm-hmm. to get up into mischief, just exploring yeah. and... Right. So who's we? Oh, just whatever kids in the neighbourhood. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. different so areas. Different areas you'd get on really well. Yeah. So you had, you had a bit of an adventurous spirit. Yes, I would say so. so yes. All right. So you're quite happy to take risks. And yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, tell us one really hairy thing you did as a mm. primary school kid. That I remember I rode my bike down the side of storm drain wall kind of like oh yeah that's you know, great yeah. i used to do that that's you know wonderful. the ones that are kind of like yeah. grease like yeah, you know the yeah, yeah. yeah except there was no way to get back out again <laughs> and it was like two and a half times my size and a storm was approaching yeah. no but no, i just was like terrified it. i couldn't get out so i had to throw my bike up over yeah. and then climb up that like gritty wall yeah yeah and I remember coming out and I was covered in scratches all oh, over. Have you got any scars still on your fingertips now? No, no scars. No, no. no. You could have died. I know. You could have starved. This is why we uh, we don't let our children out of our one metre radius from ourselves now. Right. Yeah, because oh. all of us terrible You had the kids. fun and obviously yeah, they're going right. to be in control. Yeah. Well, we'll go into that in a minute. <laughs> so where did you start high school? Um, I don't know. Hang on, let me think. New South Wales, yeah, New South Wales, yeah. It's funny, you know, it looks like children of um, Defence Force personnel have got a a lot of issues, really, (laughs) of all all this moving, you know. We don't think about it, do we? No, we don't, no. It it definitely impacts. Um, You don't tend to have a closeness with extended family like others would and... Yeah, you have to move quite a bit, so... That's right. So, I mean, that's that's the beauty of actually having a mortgage. You've, mm. got, you've got security for your mm-hmm. kids. Otherwise, you, if you're renting, you're just moving and moving and moving. And kids don't have that no. stability. No, that's right. All right, so yeah. what was high school like for you? Um, in parts good, in parts bad. Depended on the school that I was at at the time. How many high schools did you go to? Just roughly. About seven. Seven. Yeah, I think I went to 13 primary schools. 13 primary mm. schools. Seven secondary schools. Mm, how, many, I, how many primary schools have your children been to? One. One. Mm. Kind of reversed that whole thing. Yeah. So clearly that must tell you that yeah. it wasn't fantastic. No, it wouldn't be. No, yeah. I mean, the fact is, you know, you got but, but it does teach you, as you said, oh, to I be resilient. Oh, I think so. Absolutely. And not just yeah. resilience, but also... Um, I don't know, understanding mm. different situations. And I tend to be that person that is always there for anyone, especially the people that don't have anyone else, mm. because I know what that's like. So, yeah. Yeah. But, but it teaches you to enjoy your own company because you've got to make your own. That's right. Your own yeah. world. But that's an only child thing too, I think. Yeah, but uh, it's even worse. Only child, insecure, <laughs> seven high schools. Did you, did you actually graduate from high school? No. How far did you go? I got to year 11. Year 11. What happened in year 11? I left home and then didn't How go back. How old were you then? 16? 15. 15, which, which was the age of leaving, wasn't it, those days? Mm. 15. Mm. And did anybody say, oh, why are you leaving home, Kayla? No, you just left home. Yeah, just left home, lived on my own, lived with other people and then... No, hang on, let's go back, go back. You're only 15. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What, you just... just Packed your bag and left, or? Well, I moved in with some people, kind of like crisis, I guess you could say. So it was a crisis accommodation? Crisis was it a government? Com- no, it was no. with friends. Friends, right. And then after that... Did, did they have parents there, or they just kids? Well, no, they were adults themselves. Adults themselves. Yeah. So why, why would they take in a 15-year-old? 
because of the situation. They so. understood the situation. Yeah, right. so they okay. were understanding of that. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I think I um, moved into share houses. I lied about my age so that people would share with me rather than mm. me being 15. Little, little, little runters mm. kind of. I was t- shown a residential house when I was about 16 or 15, mm. Mm. and I just knew that if I went in there, I was not going to end up in a with a good way. No. Yeah. So... What state was this? That was in Western Australia. In Western Australia. So, mm. what, what are, so the services there weren't brilliant for somebody? Who's left no. Or, no. Um, were there any? Well, that's it. I think there was only one or two in the area that I was in. So, mm. Mm. yeah. Because yeah. you hear all these stories, people going to residential care. And it's yeah, exactly. Worse than, uh, well, I feel like I dodged a bullet and something just made me go, no, this is not for me. Mm. And it would have been easier. Well, I, the initial part would have been yeah. easier because mm. I wouldn't have had to look for work straight away or any of that sort of thing. Mm. But So um, you did look for work? I got a job straight away. This is 1995. Mm-hmm. As what? Uh, worked as an office manager. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. You must have told the biggest whoppers. No, I was just Come on, good. come on. You're 15 or 16. Actually, I think the guy just was trying to take advantage of the fact that he didn't have to pay me as much as someone else. He and wasn't I trying knew. to take advantage of you. No, 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 no. no, no, no. no. But I also uh, knew what I was doing. I could type fast. I was good at filing computers and all that sort of stuff. So, But to me, an office manager means there's other people under you. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, no, because there was no other staff. I mean, <laughs> I looked after the two businesses right. and the building companies, yep. and um, and I looked after all the the trade trade people and yep, because they came yeah. in. Yep, yep. You did well. You did the accounts. Yep, all of that. And how much How much were you paid a week for this uh, huge workload? I think it was five. like a hundred. Seventy something a fortnight. A fortnight. Yeah. 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 yeah, cheap labour. Yeah, right. and did that cover your rent? Uh, well, it was share house, and mm. it was with six other people. Right. Um, so yeah, it did. And how old did they think you were? They thought I was eighteen. Eighteen, and they're what the same age, around eighteen. Eighteen to twenty, and they're all from Melbourne, actually. All from Melbourne. Yeah. So right. in West Australia. So how long this little office job manager thing? Only a couple of years. A couple of years, just had yeah. enough. They wouldn't increase your pay, or it was just a. <laughs> Basically, you've called it the fact that someone's willing to hire a 15-year-old yeah. says they're not a very good employer, and they weren't a very good employer, so yeah. it was, mm. yeah, not a good environment. So, right. yeah, it took so advantage of my age, I think, and right. and that sort of thing. So so. You had to do a lot of work for minimal. And I didn't so. know any better because I'd never worked before. Well, so you just left home. You'd escaped an unpleasant situation, mm-hmm. and you just accepted you were thankful that you had a job. That's right. Because a lot of people didn't in that stage. That's right, exactly. So what happened after that? I went back to school. I went to like a post-compulsory school. What's a post-compulsory school? It's basically when you've chosen to go back, um, either because you're over graduation age, Mm -hmm. or it might be that you were thrown out of another school, and Mm -hmm. so you've chosen to go to school on your own accord without being forced to go there. So it's a choice. What made you go back? Um, I wanted to get, I wanted to go to uni. Right. Uh, I wanted well, to do something. Well, did you realise that you needed an education to mm. not be paid $85 yeah, a week? Yeah, pretty much, Basically. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, what, did you, so did you graduate? Did you no, be, because... Not I, again, I again! Know, What's know, going on here? What happened? I met my husband yes. and... How old were you? 
I was 16. Six, you met your husband at 16. Mm-hmm. How would you feel if your daughter met her husband at 16? I would have to accept it because I'm not a hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I, well, I can't move a meter away from you. All right. So you met your husband at 16. Mm-hmm. How old was he? Can I ask? Uh, he was 21. Right. So uh, when did you meet? Uh, we met in just randomly through friends. All oh, right. Yep. yep. Um, but it was strange. I mean, it wasn't wasn't computer day or anything. No, uh, it wasn't. No. no. But um, yeah. So so met him and uh, moved to Sydney. That was it? For his Bang. work, yeah. His work. What did he do? As uh, a programmer. Hmm. Did he know you were 16 or did you lie about your age? He knew I was 16 yeah. and he like it took a while for us to be okay, I think, with the relationship because mm. of the age difference. Mm. Um, but funnily enough, his parents were probably the most supportive. Mm. Um, but yeah, right. that was fine. So you got itched legally? Or? Uh, when I was 21. 21. Yeah. Right, okay. So you said you got two kids. So when did they come along? Well, my daughter came when I was 21. Mm-hmm. And oh. yeah, yeah. And my son came four years later. Four years later. Yeah. Have you gone back to school? Um, I've tried a few times, mm-hmm. but life's gotten in the way. I did a diploma in counselling. A couple of years ago, and then went to do the Bachelor of Counselling, which is now doesn't exist because they keep liking to change everything around. So mm. that's I feel like I've I'm not giving up, but I've no, had, had roadblocks, a yeah. lot of roadblocks. All right, we'll so, go back a while. Yeah. Look, it's uh, four twenty-eight. This is Radical Australian Community Radio, three CR, streaming live on three CR dot org dot The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to three CR dot org dot We are. Chatting, not interviewing. <laughs> Chatting with Kaylin Thompson with a P. With a P, that's right. Now, is that your married name? That is. All right, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I'm not going to go into that. I mean, I want to be sued, you know. That's I'll, it. I'll, I'll reduce you to tears. <laughs> yeah. No, that's hard to do. So hard you, to do? Yeah, yeah that's hard to do. Right. You want to make a bit? Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm not going to do it today. No, 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 no. Save that for another day. No, no, because I'll lose. Oh, no, right, right, right. Because, you know, you've... Left home at 15, you know what life's yeah, all about. Right. It's not easy. You went no. to work, shit ass, yeah. met your husband. Yeah. So you said you went back to Sydney or something? Uh, yeah, he got a contract in Sydney and so we moved right. over there when mm. I was 17, 17 right. 18, 18, something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Right. And did you have to go into the workforce? Or? Um, I did for a little bit and then I went back to study again. Right, what, what did you do? I just did fast food at that point. Fast food? Which I one? Know. Which one? I think it was the, the oh, Evil Arches. The Evil Arches. <laughs> <laughs> you were... You were deep frying chicken. Were you? Oh, that's, that's no, the No, that's the other that's one. That's the bloke with the funny eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, one of the funniest experiences I had is when I went to Japan first time before you were born in 1979. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was me and my late wife, Ellen, and we... Um, we turn up at a Kentucky Fried. I mean, looking at this bloke, we say he looks strange. He looks really strange. <laughs> and it was Kentucky. F- what's his name? Colonel Sanders. Colonel Sanders yep. with Oriental eyes. Oh no! <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so people oh, identify with me. We just, oh. just say, we just keep looking at this. It's so and this, this this thing, and we're thinking there's something not quite right about this. So we finally picked. I think Ellen, she was an artist. She was uh. an artist, and she she finally picked it. She's, she says, he's got Asian eyes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, you didn't uh, have Asian eyes at 
No. Vouchers arrived. So obviously that was more than $85 a week? Yes, yes, oh, it was. Right. Late was. That's, that's right. Obviously when you got to 21, you were no longer needed? Um, no, no, I actually quit before that because, again, I didn't agree with the manager. I tend what? to have that track record where if I don't like the way I'm being treated, then I'll leave. I mean, you're just a worker. What, what, what do you expect, Kaylin? Do you expect some no, respect we'll see, or something? Everyone tends to give me more responsibility but doesn't want to pay me because I'm capable of doing the work. So. Oh. Yeah. So. What's wrong with that? You're there to be exploited. <laughs> you're a wage clearly, slave. Clearly, clearly. You're, you're a wage slave. That's right. That's you should right. have in the first right. place. No, well, you? I should have, yeah. No, you're just a commodity to that's be right. bought and sold to the lowest bidder, that's not right. the highest bidder. Exactly. All right. So... And what did you study after that? You said you went studying again. Um, yeah, I tried to go back and do, uh, what was it, HSC, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And then through TAFE, mm-hmm. and they stuffed up my paperwork. Excuse me, how can you stuff up somebody's paperwork? Because this is pre-computers. Right. What and I started um, doing it, and I explained that I had only done Tier 11 and all yep. the rest of it, and... Mm. I can't remember what, there was something that they needed that I didn't bring in and it was one of those things where you had to turn up on the day and if you didn't enrol that moment, that second, then there was no other opportunity, even if I'd have gone home and got whatever it was. that. So this time you didn't even start studying. <laughs> yep, so I know. <laughs> yep. At least the other times you left. I know. But this time No, I wasn't even given the chance. <laughs> All right. So uh, this is, what, this is about the time you had your... First child, is it? Or a few um, years later? No, this was a couple of years before, and then we moved to Melbourne. Right. I know, we made the, the good move. That's well, right. What made your husband and you move? Again, to another contract here. Contract. Um, oh, God, he's a contract worker. Yeah. Isn't he? he but he loves it, absolutely loves it. So. He hasn't got stability there. No. 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 Well, no. kind of, he does, but. Yeah. They, get, they don't have to pay him for the perks, I guess. Well, but okay. he's got the stability. So he hasn't so. got the golden key to the toilet, has No, he? that's right. He hasn't got the key to the toilet. That's, that's, that's right. when you've made it, you know. That's that. right, exactly. Yeah. 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 He hasn't got that yet. No, he hasn't got that yet. Oh, I feel sorry for him. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, 20 years of contract work and yeah. he can't, can't even get the key to the toilet. Exactly. Well, going back to you, this is not about him. All right. <laughs> so did you have your first child here in Melbourne? Yes, oh, I did. What hospital? Mercy. What did you think about it? Um, I think it was understaffed when I was there. Mm-hmm. And, and what year was it? Uh, 2001. Right. And I ended up with an unnecessarian, shall we say? Yeah, a cesarean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and what was the reason that was given? Uh, well, they tried to do trial by baby, which is where they upped the uh, oxytocin as far as they could to see if Things would start moving. Yeah, Yeah, or if they would freak out, which, of Mm. course, we all know now, that tends to freak out the baby. Mm. Um, And then so she went into distress, Mm -hmm. and it had been 27 hours. I was fine otherwise. Apgars were 8 and 9 when she came out, so there were no real issues. No, I think it's worth No, you don't, you don't, you don't. Look, 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 I've been a doctor for 43 years, and I would have done the same thing. 27-hour labour is an oxytocin and... But it would have literally been an hour, not even an hour. Wasn't it? The oxytocin. Of the oxytocin. Yeah. Because yeah. my second obstetrician was confused by a few things. Yeah, so he was yeah, on the kind of said. The last thing you want. Oh, of course. Is no, it? of course not. No, yeah. No. So you got a scar. Yeah. You but my second it. one was fine. Yeah. Not that she wasn't fine. She was fine too. But so at the Mercy, Mercy again? No, I went yeah. to St. Vincent's. Oh, it's and down the road. 
Yeah. No Caesar that time and everything was good. Good. All right. Yeah. So you've got these little bundles Mm -hmm. and one wage coming in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what does that tend to create? Um, Well, over time I've had different jobs. I've had little bits and pieces here and there working around the kids being in school or in kinder or that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we've had our moments, but I think we've been very lucky as well. So Right. Yeah. What do you mean very lucky? Well, I think there are a lot of people that struggle, um, even with two wages. So the mm. fact that we were doing okay with one mm. and I got the opportunity to be with the kids as much as possible, mm. I think that's a really lucky thing in this climate anyway it is were you able to secure a mortgage you've been renting no we've been renting yeah and how do you feel about wasting 30 to 40 percent of your income on rent i don't mind because i feel like there's not much you can do with the house either so it's Mm. kind of Mm. you know and it's and it's always been kind of just outside of our reach depending on where we live or where Mm. we've been or Mm. have you had security of tenure when you're renting or what do you mean by that? So, like, you mean you, you haven't had to move? Oh far, no, we've been no. in the same house for seventeen years. Seventeen years. Yep. What have you done? Have you killed the landlady <laughs> and put her buried in the no, backyard? No, we're or very something? good tenants. They love us. They, of so, course they do. Kaching, yeah. kaching, kaching. Yeah. Seventeen years. Yeah. It's like being in, in a public housing. Yeah. Well, that's good. No. That's the key. Very lucky again. Well, that's the key. That's yeah. the key. The key is that security, isn't that's it? That's right. Exactly. Yeah. So even though we haven't had our own home, we've had that security. You've had that security. Which Kids have only known one house, yeah. so, yeah. yeah. And I think it's theirs anyway. That's it is right. For well, it is. It is yeah. for intentional purposes. Yeah. Uh, you still don't have inspections, do you? We do, but do. that's okay. It's well, fine. Like twice a year or something. Yeah. After 17 years, you think that let you go. Well, it's not more... They don't really inspect the property to see what if we've done any damage. It's more to make sure that the house is okay for us to live in. So they're checking oh. to see if they need to repair anything. Or oh, that's nice. Yeah, so that's... Is, that is nice. That is nice. Yeah. You've paid off the house for them. That's and now right. They, <laughs> they want to repair it. That's right. I like it. I like this. Yeah. This is, this, I should get involved in real estate, I think. Yeah. What do you reckon? Maybe Absolutely. Go for it. Become your landlord or something. Totally. If you've well, got the money, do it. 17-year tenancy. Yeah. That's golden. You but it's also been good for us, too, because the rent hasn't gone up a huge amount over that time so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's not been bad so I think it's a win for both of us Um, we wouldn't get a mortgage on what we pay for rent so no no. so you've done well Mm. and how have you filled in your time since since 2001 um well you said you're doing lots of bits and pieces work yeah so different different work um I've done I've no different little bits of jobs here and there, mm-hmm. um, social media for a few companies. I've done, um, I did some more office work, um, so just little bitsy jobs, nothing little, of any nothing too great. serious. Yeah. So you've actually taken your responsibilities as a parent seriously? Very, like that is the, yeah, you've number le- one learnt. thing. You Absolutely. You learned. Yeah. So, so what have you learned? As far uh, as children are concerned. That you should te- treat them like human beings instead of children. What does that mean? I think society tends to treat small humans like they're already stupid instead of teaching. Or they're either stupid or they should know better. There's there's no in-between. So it's uh-huh. like there needs to be that, you know, your job is to teach them things more than teachers, more than 
you know, all these other influences you're kidding. in their lives. Yeah, I know. Who'd have thought? You're, you're kidding. Who'd have thought? Are you trying to tell me that you've got to do the parenting, mm. not the school teacher? Mm. They've got six hours a day. Yeah, well, they're there to educate, not to parent. What's the difference? Um, one's mostly academic. The other is everything. Life skills, um, how to be a good person, how mm. to have resilience, mm. um, good m- mental health, emotional stability, all that sort of stuff. So did you and your husband discuss this or is just something that happened? I think we were both very passionate about it mm. for different reasons. So. so you had a difficult childhood. Did he have a difficult childhood? No, or? he had a textbook good childhood. Right. Um, so yeah. you're the perfect combination, yin and yang. Yeah, exactly. Perfect very much com- so. Yeah, perfect combination. Very much so. I mean, you've been together all that time. You've mm. had two children. You've got stability. Yeah. Well, I don't yeah. know why you're here then. <laughs> this is Radical Australia. <laughs> I haven't seen it. But, but why are you here at Free... I mean, I met you in the corridors. Mm. What are you doing here? Well, I work with brainwaves. Brainwaves? What's yeah. that? Is that, is that, so that's is, is that a bit of... That's, that's a um, chip, isn't it? I've seen it in the, I've seen it in the supermarket. That's a new one. I haven't seen yes, that yeah, one. It, it, yeah, it's brainwaves. Oh, yeah, oh you mean grainwaves. Oh, grainwaves. <laughs> is that what it is? Oh, it was the, it was the A in it, so it was the same thing. All right. So brainwaves. What's, yes. what's brainwaves? So brainwaves is a radio station that is supported by Wellways. Um, Excuse me, I'm lost. What's Wellways? Wellways are a mental health and disability organisation. Mm-hmm. Um, they help support. Lots of different people in different ways, now with the NDIS and everything that's happening there. Um, but they run a lot of our volunteer programs, and Brainwaves happens to be one of our volunteer programs. So, so what is it exactly? Uh, it's a radio program where people with um, either lived experience of mental illness or have some sort of, have their lives have been touched by mental illness in some way, mm. can have a voice. Um, yeah. We might also talk to people who um, are experienced and want to share knowledge with that that audience, um, and just inform those people as well. So there's lots of different things. That's the program that follows our program. Yeah, we're the annoying it? ones that try and get you out on time. So we're always out on time, <laughs> always, because there's, there's, there's a mob out there. That's right. There is a mob, <laughs> and I don't want to be lynched every time. time. So we know. That's and this right. time they'll just have to come in because there's right. nobody panelling. That's it. If they want to sit outside, we'll just keep talking. That's it. <laughs> so how did you get involved? You said you have the live experience mm-hmm. support. So what, mm-hmm. which one? Well, I have lived in? experience. What do you um, mean by lived experience? I've suffered from depression and anxiety. Mm. I've had postnatal depression. Mm. Um, I think there's, looking back, I can see there's a history of mental illness throughout my family on either sides. Um, and... I've always had a passion for psychology, I guess you could say, like understanding mm. how the brain works. I mm. seem to have very good insight into that sort of thing. So, Would you, are you are you happy to talk about your postnatal depression? Sure. Well, how does it look? A lot of people think, oh, yeah, it's just the blues; it'll go away. How, mm. how did it manifest itself initially? Um, I questioned whether or not. Um, my infant mm. loved me and whether or not that was because of anything I'd done. And so I was convinced that she didn't want to be with me mm. and she wanted to be with everybody else in our family or whoever. Mm-hmm. And that I was just making her unhappy. 
Right. Even though I know in the logic part of my brain that an infant doesn't even know what love is at that point. Right. And is just literally just surviving with food and sleep and that's yeah. about and it. You're talking about a little infant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Did you and how did this manifest itself? Um I cried a lot. Mm-hmm. I struggled with looking after her on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. I would constantly think I was failing at parenting. Mm-hmm. And I think because it was something that I always had, I don't know, want to do well, that was a really bit hard thing for me to handle, was that I wasn't coping and I didn't know why. And were the, uh, the visiting nurses visiting you? That's yeah, that they were. They were. Uh, did they pick this up? No, they didn't. Did, what, did you just pretend you were happy? I when pretended they... I was fine. And I remember going to the doctor mm. at the six-week postpartum yep. checkup, mm. and there was a nice pink piece of paper that mm. you had to fill out with mm. what would be depression. And mm. and so I thought to myself, well, I can't look like I'm failing, so I'll just tick everything that looks like I'm fine. Mm. And that's it. Good. Yeah. You're doing well. Yeah. So when did it all fall over? Um... I think it fell over from pretty early on, but I think mm. I didn't um, sort of acknowledge it until I had a friend basically say to me that they'd been coming to see me on a weekly basis for, oh, I don't know, six months or so, and we'd take turns in seeing each other. We'd either, I'd go to her house or she'd come to mine. Yeah. And it wasn't until I sort of came, almost came out the other side of it that she pulled me aside and said, just so you know, I knew that this was happening for you mm. and I knew if I said anything to you that you would cut me out. Mm. So this is how we deal with it. Right. So you came you came out of it naturally, did you? Luckily. That first time. That first time. Right. And what yeah. happened the second time? The second time was did, different. Did, you, did, you, did, you, did your husband notice anything? Oh, absolutely. But he yeah. didn't know what it was. Right. Um, and that's the thing. Like I think, you know, back to even my anxiety, which I've only really sort of, labelled in the past four or five years, mm. um, people make excuses for, oh, it's baby blues, oh, her being a mum is really hard, oh, you know, this, she's that, the other. Yeah, she's yeah. just that. You know, this mm. is, you know, maybe mm. parent, you know, maybe the baby stage isn't for her or, mm. you know, there's all these these reasons. And, it, and it's all different for everyone. Like, mm. you know, I was, again, I'm going to use the L word, yeah. I was lucky that it didn't escalate to the point where I harmed either myself or her. Did um, you think of that the second time? The second time, no. Not mm. uh, not her, uh, not him specifically, mm. but um, the second time I think I, sh- I shut more people out because I was concerned of how that would look. Mm. And I think I, I started to notice it quicker and I went and got help. So, right. so you, you decided, I decided you needed help? Yeah. No what, help. What, what actually made you think that you needed help? Because um, the first time you sailed through it, well, you mm, didn't sail through it, but you got out the other end. It's a lot harder with a four-year-old. Right, so you had two you had to deal with. And right. that sounds terrible, but it's like when you're going through that as a baby, you don't think you could be impacting on them as much as you could be, mm. but you can see it on a four-year-old. Right, so you could see your daughter. Yeah, and I wasn't handling it well. Mm. You know. So how did you seek help? I uh, saw a psychiatrist, no, psychologist, sorry. Um, so that was your initial port of call as a psychologist? Well, I went to a GP first. And, and you did a health plan? Yeah, did a health plan, yeah. yeah. 
and um, joined some online groups and talked to other parents that were going through similar things. Yeah, absolutely, definitely. I think in some situations, depending on the groups, of course, you can find where it's almost like enabling each other to stay in that space. But I felt that um, I needed to hear that I wasn't abnormal, that this was a common thing. And there was a lot of stigma around it then too. So, you know, I think now it's a lot more acceptable. There's still some stigma, Mm. but back then it was just the assumption that you wanted to kill your kids or that you or you were just having baby blues and you need to toughen up. So there was like either side of that. There was nothing in between. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, And I was an in-between. I wasn't, Yeah, you you didn't want to kill your kids, but you you weren't coping. Yeah. Did you find the psychology useful? Be honest, come on. No. I didn't think you did. (laughs) That's why I asked you about the online stuff. Because um, she basically told me that I was doing everything already that I could Mm -hmm. and that... Um, she could give me more papers on things that I already knew about because mm-hmm. I was that type of person. I yeah, yeah. educate myself on absolutely everything that I can. And I think all I really needed to do was unpack and talk to someone. And mm-hmm. she was a fixer. And because she felt that I was doing all the things that she would already do, she wasn't willing to keep having a conversation about it. What? So she stopped seeing you? Yep. <laughs> she didn't refer you on? <laughs> nope. Did you refer yourself on? Nope. You just did it online. I just, just yeah, just Muddled kept through. going. Yeah. Didn't take medications or anything. No? no. Not at that stage. Not at that stage. All no. Right. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. And 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 your life, obviously, as a mother, you're, you're doing all the things that have to be done: and mm. the washing, mm-hmm. the ironing, the mm-hmm. school, the loving, the touching, all those things that mm-hmm. you have to do as a human being during this period. How mm. difficult was that? Um. I think with my first I used, you know, the cooking and the cleaning and all that to kind of avoid my depression. Mm -hmm. But the second time I did the opposite. I just kind of shut down and almost stopped doing things. Right. And I was raised in a house where everything was like meticulous. Meticulous, yeah. And I went, and I've gone for it. And now it's not, and that's okay. It's like I moved from that space Mm. in that time and was just sort of like... I learnt with my son that I had to just do what I had to do to get through. Instead of trying to fight it, right. just do what you got to do. Do what you got to do. Mm. Yeah. And do you think it's had an impact on the children? Um, or have you been able to kind of shield I think, them? I think it has, but strangely, I think it's had a positive impact on mm. them. Um, I wouldn't want to put them through anything damaging, but they, if they were here now, I know they'd both tell you that. They feel like it's helped them to be more empathetic and to be able to communicate better because we, as a family, communicate really well. So oh, no, you're not one of these families that eats at the same dinner time. No, we don't. Oh, actually. well, Michael, we've got, what do you do? <laughs> eat at your own computer Yeah, that's it. <laughs> eat in front of the television, yeah. But, oh, we, but right. we talk, but we talk. Yeah, all right, so. that's good. I know. Yeah, and then you said things got worse again. Um, or did that, or that, that was it, Jerry? I've had bouts over the years mm. at different times for different mm. things. Sometimes have been some things have been triggered. Uh, I lost my best friend in 2011. Was that unexpected? Um, yeah, or? unexpected. Right. It wasn't self harm. No, just an accident. Just no. She had Cancer. a heart issue. That heart issue. Yeah. Right. yeah. And um, so that was sudden, and that kind of put me in a bit of a tailspin again. 
Um, but I'm a fighter and mm-hmm. I've kept pushing and not to say that if if I couldn't have kept pushing that I wouldn't be a fighter, but, mm. you know, I was, again, I think lucky in that, um, yeah, I've ended up where I am now. Well, you've done exceptionally well. Yeah, lucky. But, no, 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 no. <laughs> There's no such thing as luck, you know. Uh, there is no such thing as luck. Uh, we make our own luck. You know, you get some very talented person, they say, oh, I'm so lucky, and you say... How many years have you been training at the piano? 16 years, 8 hours a day. You know, <laughs> that's not luck. Okay. So obviously you, you, have, you have used your experiences mm. as a child. I think so, absolutely. And, and you've got yeah. insight. Yes, you've, the insight thing is important. Yeah, you've got insight that yeah. things are just not right. It's mm. when people don't have insight that it's very difficult. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, so do you think your depression is, I hate to use it, terms, but do you think it's a reactive depression or do you think you said there was mental yes. illness in your family? I, I think there's mental illness in my family. I mm. do think it's reactive, absolutely. Mm. Um, but I think as I've gotten older, it's become secondary to the anxiety. I feel right. like even though I have reactive, or I had reactive, still have, I guess, mm. I'm able to control, or not control it, but it doesn't affect me as much. Um, I can see when it's starting to happen and I can work through it and it doesn't seem to kick in and stay there. Right. So, um, yeah, it's not as bad as what it was when I was younger. But I feel like now it's like where I'm no longer, as they say, what is it, that depression is being stuck in the past and anxiety is being stuck in the future. Yep. I feel like anxiety is probably more of an issue for me now. Mm. But again, still trying to work through it. So right. you, don't, you don't seem to be very anxious talking to me about the uh, most intimate things. No, see, I'm okay with talk, sharing mm. if I think it's going to help people or mm. I don't know. Well, it does help. Yeah. It helped you. The online work, <laughs> the online work is what really that's helped right, you. This is, just, right. this is just old-fashioned that's online right. work. And that's what we now call is peer support. So, yeah, yeah. And that's important. So, so how long did you get involved with Brainwaves? Uh, not very long, uh, August this year. August. Mm-hmm. Have you done the training? I have done the training. So you've actually finished something. I have finished something, something, yes. <laughs> How did you find that? No, I thought it was great. I yeah. thought it was really good. Uh, you want to yeah. give anybody a tick? Or I would, but I'm terrible with names. No. Um, I think Nikki and Kelly and... Yeah, yeah. yeah. extraordinary human yeah. beings. And yeah. I also had one-on-one with Leanne. She was amazing, yeah. so... Oh, that's yeah. good. Hmm. So you've... So how did you hear about 3CR and Brainwaves? Well, I was actually working... This is gonna Another word, Yeah. Oh. I was volunteering mm. um, with Wellways on the helpline. So... What's that like? It's it's good. It's this. It's what we're doing right now. It's having a conversation. It's right. supporting people through right. um, times where they need support. So how long have you been doing that for? Over 12 months. 12 months. Have you ever yeah. done anything like that before? I've supported a lot of people throughout my life. I tend to be that person, which is what's made me so passionate about counselling and mental health and all that sort of thing, Um, besides my own lived experiences. Mm. But not in that capacity, no. I haven't done anything like that before. So so is there much training involved? Oh, absolutely, yeah. We do do training there. And I think... um, I'd also had done my counselling diploma as well, which is... Well, you finished that too? I did. I finished two things. I'm on a roll <laughs> now. <laughs> three, if we include that training. Yeah. Exactly. You've done exceptionally well. Yeah. And so, 
So what happens? You get you, you get rostered on a particular yeah. Career. That's and, that's and how it works. Is yeah. it busy or is it? It can be busy. I mean, I guess it's like anything. Different mm. times of the year, busier mm. than others. And coming mm. up to the holidays is always harder for people than mm. than other times. We're also a referral service, so we help people who are looking for support services mm. for someone either themselves or someone that they have in their care. Um, so yeah. Do you think people listen to you when you talk to them, or do you think they just? I think so. Yeah, that's probably the most rewarding part is knowing. You're making a difference and you're helping someone. And the thing I love about Lifeline, uh, sorry, not Lifeline, Helpline, is that unlike a lot of other services, we support people to support themselves. So it's an ongoing support. It's not just a a crisis crisis thing thing going around and around. It's like, well, what can you do? How can we help you to help you? Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really different thing. Do people ring back? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, yeah, people do, amazing. and people get better, which is the best thing I think. All right, you know, you know our hours nearly come gone. Right, we even go. started. So, what are, you, what are your plans for the future? Um, I'd like to do more in the mental health space. I think there's a lot that needs to be done. That could be a whole other hour conversation, but yeah. that's well, where my well, passion is. Well, one thing that needs to be done. Um. I think it needs to be a part of Medicare that mental health is just as important as physical health Mm. or dental or any of that Mm. sort of thing. I don't know why they're excluded from each other. It drives me crazy. It's interesting. The more more, uh, richer we become, the more anxious we become. That's right. And the more issues we (laughs) have. So apart from that, obviously, you want to see your kids grow up Mm. and... Mm. Maybe your poor husband retire. Yeah. One day, maybe you could go away somewhere. Yeah. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Mm, definitely. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm impressed. It's oh. hard to impress an old bloke like me. And there you go. I'm very <laughs> impressed. What I'm impressed about is the fact that you've basically used your childhood experiences to actually understand who you are, and you've actually done things about it. And I think that goes with that extraordinary uh, ability you had when you left home at 15, to actually understand that there was only one person who was going to look after you, and that was you. Mm-hmm. And nobody else was going to do that until you met your husband, obviously. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> which, is, which is a whole other story. That's so. it. <laughs> so, you know, if those brainwaves people are listening outside, mm-hmm. this is the time they should be bashing open the door. <laughs> but, you know, they're, they're a hard crew to get into here. That's you, right, you know that's that? right. They it's are. very good. Is, yeah. Are you, yeah. you going to be actually part of the next program? Uh, or I'm not sure. I don't think I am on today. You're not so on today? No. Oh, bad luck. We'll lock the door and <laughs> for the next hour. We'll just keep them out. You know, that's right, that's hour. right. Oh, dear. So how often do you come on to Brainwaves? Um, well, I oversee the program. So the volunteers run everything, so they do all the hard work. I'm, I'm literally just Another background. Yeah. Again, you're organising. I know. Extraordinary. Yeah. Extraordinary. So I, I didn't ask you one question. Oh, what was that? What's your sporting career like? <laughs> <laughs> no sporting career. None whatsoever. I thought you got a gold medal or something. No, <laughs> no. Nothing like that? Nothing at all. No, I didn't, hear, I didn't, didn't hear it come up. No, no. no. It's funny, you know, a lot of people don't have sporting careers. No, isn't it? Like 99.9% <laughs> of us. Well, we better open the door. I know, we better. Well, you, look, what I'll do is I'll wrap up. Okay. You open the door right. and, and get the crew in here. I will. And uh, this is what you call self-service uh, radio. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you very much, much Caitlin. <laughs> it was a pleasure speaking to you. And you've been listening to uh, Radical 
Australia on Community Radio 3CR. This program has been streaming live on 3cr.org.au. My name is Joseph Roscano. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. It should be up on the podcast by tomorrow or the day after. And uh, it's good to always meet people here on Radical Australia. So if you know somebody who would like to be interviewed, and as I said, you don't have to be a hero or a heroine. And what we're interested in is ordinary people who do extraordinary things. So they're greater than heroes and heroines. So uh, you can always give me a ring on 0439 395 489. 0439 395 489.